Welcome back to Thirsty the Podcast. I'm Laura Koop. And I'm Heather McGee. Today we're talking about being single by choice with Sarah R. As a reminder, everyone, please make sure to share Thirsty with your community. If you're enjoying our content and think others in your close circle would enjoy it as well, please share. And as always, please rate, review, and follow us wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us today. So often we feel like the default can be, you know, Dating is the only answer, and I know we talk about dating and relationships a lot on this podcast, and we can so easily wrap up kind of our our value in whatever our relationship status is. But there are so many people out there who are opting for the single life for long stretches of time, and saying that the single life makes me think of the Paris Hilton and Nicole Richie show. <laughs> this is a different single life we're talking about, um, but we know that <laughs> Media and pop culture places a lot of negative stereotypes on those who are single. Like, again, being in a relationship tends to feel like the most positive place to be or the default or the status quo or whatever. Um, but we know that there is more beauty than anything in consciously choosing and investing in yourself. Um and I want to place a big caveat on this episode that being single by choice can look a lot of different ways for um, everybody. We know that relationships and being single and everything in between can look different depending on who you are and what you want for your life. Um, so that can look like taking a lengthy break from relationships to spending um, a lifetime out of the dating scene. I think it can be anything in between. Um, so today's episode is just one of those perspectives of being single by choice. And to that effect, we are so lucky to be joined by our friend, Sarah. Sarah, thank you so much for joining us today. And would you be able to share a little bit of your backstory with our listeners? Yeah. Hi, I'm so excited to be here. And so I didn't expect that I would be, you know, happily single over 40 and not looking. Um, you know, I I got married. I was all in. I thought this was it. I was fully committed and it turned out not to be what I expected. It turned pretty bad pretty quickly and I had to get out of there and restart my life. And at first I thought, you know, I need to get over this, take time, figure it out. And I thought eventually I would start dating or wanting to date. And I just never wanted to. I just kept being happy. So why am I trying to fit something else in my life when I'm satisfied as is. So that's where I am right now. Sarah, I'm laughing a little bit. So Sarah, Laura, and I have been friends for a very long time. We all got married around the same time and, and we've been friends for a long time. We got divorced at different areas, but we have a group chat and I'm laughing because earlier today, we, uh, Sarah shared an article that all had us laughing about. I think it's Linda Evangelista. And she said something about, I am happily single. I am not looking. I don't want to hear anyone else breathing. <laughs> <laughs> we had a good laugh about that. I was going to say, I really relate to a 90s supermodel. So it's all accurate. <laughs> yeah, Y'all can't see Sarah. She is very uh, supermodel-esque. So I would say that that is actually not far off. <laughs> now, Sarah, you know, after you've had some time after your divorce, and it's now been a significant amount of time, where are you? Can you say a little bit more about kind of how you think about dating and relationships and where you're at with that at this point in your life? You know, right now, I've 
feel happy and safe. And that's something I don't want to risk, to be honest. You know, um, my marriage ended up feeling scary and dangerous and it felt it was difficult to get out of and it was difficult to get past. I would say it probably took a year and a half to two years to I was even mentally at a place that I would be healthy enough to date. And I remember um, I had just started a new job. This was probably a couple years after I had left. And one day I was picking up my kid from school and I remember just feeling full and complete and feeling like I didn't want to try to jam anything else in there. And it just has continued to stay that way. I'm always open for things to change, you know, either my situation, my feelings or a person even, but it's not something I'm interested in investing my time in right now. I think that's a really important thing that so often people don't let themselves just take a beat and figure out where they're at and where their feelings are. It's like, I mean, Heather and I know this because we tend to be the ones who jump straight back into dating after a relationship ends. I think that's really common. And I do also think we hear that more than the other side of it. Again, of those who, you know, take their time and really think about what they want. I tend, I I didn't do that. I didn't take my time at all ever. (laughs) I'm not good at that. And I think there's so much strength, Sarah, and your ability to really do that for yourself. And kind of, it sounds like you also maybe check in every once in a while to kind of see where you're at or kind of how do, how do you work through that? Like, do you kind of step back and evaluate what's going on in your life? Or do you think you'll just kind of know when you know? I mean, I think a little bit of both. I actually think having you guys as friends and having this podcast has been great because I get to see what you experience and I get to figure out like, do I see myself fitting into this like now, six months from now, six years from now? And I I, I love that. I, I So I, I do just kind of go with the flow, but I also take, there are certain times where I take and I sit and I think and I reevaluate. Um, Sarah, what advice do you have for our listeners who might be in a similar situation or who might be either they're in the middle of a break or they're contemplating taking a, a break from dating? Oh, I mean, I think if you're thinking about it, I mean, try it. It doesn't have to be long. I mean, it can depending on how often you swipe or however you're looking, it can be a week, it can be a month, it can be, and it doesn't have to have a time limit, but it does really feel good to just choose yourself and to focus on yourself. And I think that's a benefit to anyone, no matter what you are doing or focusing on it, relationships, dating or otherwise. I mean, I think that's very beneficial, um, especially if you're getting out of a long-term or a difficult situation. Yeah. I think that's such an important piece of, again, choosing yourself for a while, especially if what you have, whatever relationship you've left is more traumatizing or there's things to deal with. As we know, layering dating on doesn't usually help you work through those things. It's kind of that distraction piece. Is it ever, you know, something you're making me think about sometimes to your point, people come out of situations that are really unhealthy abusive, scary, you know, other times it just didn't work out. Like we all have all kinds of reasons for how we ended up where we were choosing, you know, I think about this a lot, like, and it goes always choosing to date, choosing to get into another relationship. Some people get married again, like a year after getting divorced, like so quick. And then other people decide, you know, I think I'm done permanently with dating and relationships. Like it's the whole range. And I think no matter what you're interested in, I almost think you have to think about, am I doing this, you know, because I'm ready 
for it and I'm choosing it from a healthy place or I'm choosing it from a almost like a fearful or damaged place. I know I've had to ask myself that over and over again. Like, why am I choosing this? Why am I getting into a relationship? Am I doing it because I'm too scared to be alone? Am I, you know, like, I feel like we always have to ask ourselves those kinds of questions, no matter where we're at. How do you think about that, Sarah? Yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of that. And there's also a lot of pressure, like people date because you're supposed to want to date, you're supposed to want to be in a relationship, you're supposed to want to be part of a couple. And this is how you're supposed to choose to live your life. I think that's a, a lot of it. There's a big pressure. I know when I was first leaving my ex, not so much my friends, but a lot of my friends' parents, you know, they're all like, oh, you'll find someone new right away. Like, oh, you'll be fine. I was like, wait, what if I don't want that? Like, that's not something I can handle right now. And there was a lot of that and a lot of pressure. And it made me like, I think it helped me step even further back and be like, is this something I want? Or is this something I'm being told that I want? You know, I think a lot of time being single is thought of like being unemployed. Like it's a temporary situation that you should be looking to actively change instead of, you know, a willful and happy and fulfilling choice. Yeah, I think that's a really great analogy um, because that's so true. It's like maybe, you know, I, I feel like single by choice is also a little bit of like the fun employed. Like there is that that ability to take that pause and figure out what you want, whether it's a career shift or your relationship status. Like it's okay as people to take the time for yourself to figure out what is going to make you whole and happy no matter what what area of your life that is for. Definitely. So before we move forward, I realized I said um, earlier in the episode, the single life, that's not the Paris Hilton show. It's the simple life. And yes, I Googled it to see because I was like, hmm, this doesn't seem accurate because that wasn't a dating show. They were going on farms and doing I mean, I think they were both single at the time. I definitely watched that show. Same, same. <laughs> God, their clothes were so bad. But yeah, different show. Just wanted to clarify that in case anybody called me out on the incorrectness of my comments. Um, all right. So there is a Pew study for literally, I think, everything in the world I've decided. And in 2020, there was a study of single Americans, and they found that half of the people they surveyed were not looking to be in a relationship. Um, and their trends in the study show that the older you are, the less likely you are to pursue dating romantic relationships. And then as they dug deeper in the data, they found that 71% of women 40 plus were choosing not to date where for men, only 42% um, were choosing not to date in that 40 plus age category. <laughs> that was like an interesting data point. And I was curious about everyone else's thoughts about this trend, because I feel like we so often have picked up on the fact that women tend to spend a lot more time doing self-improvement than men do the older we get. So just curious if anybody had some thoughts. I mean, the, I think the percentages are higher than I would have guessed, but I'm not surprised they skew in the way they skew. Um, you know, I'm a, a single mom in the suburbs, so I'm a, a rare breed around here. And a lot of times, you know, I'm, I'll make a new mom friend and then they'll find out I'm single and they'll have a question, you know, they'll ask if I'm dating. And, you know, I tell them like, no, I'm happy. I'm not, it's not something I'm interested in doing. And so often they get it. Like, it's like, oh yeah, I don't know if I would want to do that if I were also single. So I'm, I'm not surprised. Well, you're making me think about there's a article that was kind of popular for a while, all about how marriage doesn't benefit women, according to data. And so 
the, the statistics you just shared, Laura, which I didn't know about this either. And I'm surprised that the, I mean, I guess I'm not surprised the numbers are that high, but I just didn't realize that the numbers are a little higher than I would have thought that women are opting out. And then also dating can be, I mean, I've had a good time dating, but there were also a lot of traumatic experiences, to be honest. I really love my boyfriend and landed in a great place, but I don't know if I would say it was super fun getting there all the time. You know, it's not like there's, I mean, I guess like anything else in life, there's really positive sides and then sides that are kind of awful, you know? Yeah. I think that does make sense that, you know, if women are getting out of not great relationships. And again, we don't really know in this study if they were divorced and on the day, what we don't know the backstory here, but thinking about women getting out of a marriage and needing to like take a breather and invest in themselves and not wanting to hop back into a relationship style that maybe wasn't serving them very well. Um, But men, again, I feel like they feel that gap a little bit bigger when they, if they are coming out of a long-term relationship or a marriage and they are looking to fill that more. Whereas for women, I feel like we're like, we're good. We can take care of everything we need to take care of. Don't need to hop back into something that just didn't function. Something I really enjoy about being single is I am not carrying anyone else's emotional labor. Like that is so freeing. You know, I get to spend the holidays with my family, which I love doing. And I love that, you know, this isn't even a question or part of my life at this time. I mean, that's great. We've, you know, I know we've heard from a lot of our friends. There are all, you know, all the great benefits you can have from being single for long periods of time. Things like developing deeper friendships, having more time for yourself. I know my big lesson coming out of divorce is I thought I had to fix my love life. And actually the biggest bonus or not even a bonus, I would say it's a core thing have been my relationships with you two. I mean, specifically, you know, and all of the other women in our community that we've met and had the opportunity to form deep friendships with that that wouldn't have happened otherwise. And I think that really started when I stopped focusing so much on dating. To be honest, you know, I was so laser focused on it. And then I started getting healthy and being like, actually, I don't think I need to do that so much. All right, y'all. So I changed location because I was in a bunker recording down in my basement. It was not going well. So we had to take a small pause. Now I'm in my office and we, we've changed location. We're going to see if this is better. So in case I'm just calling that out because my audio probably sounds a little bit different. All right. So Sarah, you were talking about how some of the things you enjoy about having been single for a prolonged amount of time. Is there anything else that for you has been really beneficial at this stage in life of being able to take this time to be single? I mean, it feels empowering. It feels empowering to say like, I choose me and I reject what society is telling me what I should want. Um, That's one of my favorite parts, honestly, is it makes me feel strong and capable, you know? living my life for me. It's one of my favorite. I love that. Now, as we kind of alluded to before, something that I think we all reject, but is very much a societal thing, relationships get put on this pedestal. It's like the gold standard of happiness. You know, I think we've all gotten this at one point or another of, oh, like that sad look, like if you got divorced or if you're single, if you're not seeing any, you know, like whatever we've chosen to do, we get that sad look and it's like, I'm fine. (laughs) You know, but relationships really are that supposed gold standard of what being happy in life might look like. But when we dig deeper, we know that happiness doesn't come 
from being in a relationship. That by itself is not going to make you happy. We've, we've all been in terrible relationships that definitely did not make us happy. So I thought it would kind of be fun uh, to share maybe the pieces of our lives that make us the happiest, regardless of our relationship status. What are other things that make us happy? Yeah. So one of my favorite parts, again, of being single is being able to focus my time on the things I really want to to focus on and I have discovered new hobbies I have focused on friendships I have focused on relationships with my family and that's all been great like I discovered I can cook and I can bake I didn't really do any of that in my marriage my ex did most of the cooking and I didn't know this was an interest and a skill that I had and that's been really fun discovering that you know, and just having the time to learn and do things and try things, you know, maybe you won't like it, but it's, it's really great having that ability. Yeah. I think for me, one thing that again, was an kind of an outcome of my marriage was learning all the things that I was really capable of that I didn't realize. And for me, a lot of that is, you know, things around the house. I feel very empowered to learn, you know, to be able to fix things or build things or whatever that is. And that makes me happy. And I didn't, I never knew that about myself. And toward the end of my marriage, I started to, to realize those are the things that made me really happy. And that has carried through since I've been divorced because there's no one here fixing things. If it's not me fixing things. Um, and even when I'm in a relationship, any, whoever I'm dating knows I'm not going to ask them for help or I'm going to ask them for help. Be like, oh, the next time you're here, can you help me do this? And they know I'm going to do it before they get there. Like that is always the running joke because I feel very empowered being able to do those things on my own. It makes me feel strong and very capable. And I love that. Like, and I don't think I had that strength in my younger years. And I did not know that about myself at all. I think this is such an interesting question. This was something that Laura wrote that I thought was such a good idea to talk about. And cause I've never really thought about this. <laughs> I've never thought about this. Like what makes me happy? Some things that come to mind for me are working on my body in terms of getting really strong. I've really developed new hobbies that, you know, I've always loved working out, but not like this. I've gotten into lifting. I've gotten into really working hard on goals and like how strong I can get that has made me really happy. It's good for my mind. It's good for my mental health. It makes me feel really proud when I see I can lift something that is 70 pounds heavier than what I used to be able to lift two years ago. That makes me really proud. And for my kids to see that, I have discovered lots of things that I love to make. I've rediscovered, I used to be an artist when I was growing up to a degree, like just a hobbyist. Like, I don't mean like artists, like a real one, but just, it was something I really enjoyed doing. And I've rediscovered that in the last year or two of just doing things, making things that make me happy, whether it's painting or sewing or things like that. I think those are probably two things that to me come from mind, come to mind. And then again, having that time to really have these deep, authentic, real friendship with women in my circle that I don't know that I hit that depth of authenticity or depth of friendship until the last couple of years, really. Like I've always had close friends, but it wasn't like this of the last two years. And I don't know if it's because I wasn't fully being myself until recently or I wasn't healthy until recently. I, I don't know what there is to that, but that's something that makes me really happy that I think is stronger than it's ever been for me in my life. Yeah, 
I feel like we talk about this a lot on here, but that ability to really focus on yourself, and I'm not saying everybody should get divorced in order to find themselves, but it does open up a lot of opportunity to do so, where I think about my friendships when I was married, and you just fell into the mom trap, and you went out with them, and you're just talking about your kids all the time, because I didn't have anything for myself, so there wasn't really... There wasn't anything about me to talk about because I didn't have time to really focus on my interests. And again, this whole, this question we're talking about, what makes you happy? I do, couldn't have answered that question then because I didn't have anything for myself. And I think this is like that big shift in opportunity. And again, not advocating that everybody should get divorced. However, the same way we're talking about stereotypes, the stereotype that you get divorced and you're all sad and your life's terrible is so false because you can make it be really wonderful if you're more intentional about it. Something that I've really enjoyed about my friendships with divorced women is that something we have in common is we all chose happiness over ease and comfort at some point. And that is something that I, I mean, of course, other people can choose happiness if they're married in other situations, but it's something that I've really noticed in my woman and it goes against you know, the stereotype of this like sad, lonely, divorced woman. I really have seen it. It's the opposite. Yeah. I like to say divorce happened for us, not to us. Cause we really aren't like, I look at the three of us and, and so the three of us have several other uh, girlfriends. We have a, a group of us here in Chicago that we're all, we've all been friends for a long time. We all got married at the same time and divorced within a few years or so. I look around us and we are more in full color than I have ever known us to be over the whole time that I've known this group of really great women. And I look at you all and I think, wow, what a bunch of strong, badass women who changed their lives, you know, in a way that was really hard and got to this really great place that it just makes me that idea of this sad, lonely divorced woman. I'm like, you don't know what you're talking about. You know, when people think that that's not any woman I know. Yeah. But think about it like no movie ends and then she got divorced and she was so happy. It always ends with, well, then she, she got the man, you know, there's the whole other side to that, that story. That's just not being told. Unfortunately, we have to write that movie, I guess. <laughs> all right. So all these great positive things, which we love, but obviously like, you know, there are some downsides or other sides to, you know, thinking about this intentional singleness. Sarah, you touched on this a little bit earlier, but, um, this idea of friends and family members can be quick to want to set you up. And you mentioned that you do encounter that from time to time that people want to feel this need to fill that space for you. Um, you know, what advice do you have for people to navigate these conversations? Well, you know, sometimes it happens as it's a surprise. Like I was invited to um, a dinner party and I get up, I get there and it's the the host and her husband and me and this single guy. And I was totally clueless <laughs> to the time. And then I'm having it. I'm enjoying my night. I'm talking to everyone. Then we're out on the deck having drinks. And it like just hits me. I was like, oh my God, they're trying to set me up with this guy. I was to like totally clueless to the situation. And I I said goodnight at that point. I felt a little uncomfortable. And he was a nice guy, but I was 0% interested. Um, so I'd say, you know, just be open and honest with people. It does come up. Let people know um, it's not something you're interested in pursuing at this time, but thanks for thinking of you. I can't believe that happened to you, Sarah. I would have felt so weird. I've been like, what? <laughs> it's a really bold move the dinner party move yeah I you know it was funny when I was there the entire time he was really reminding me of my cousin so it was a very very platonic feeling not a love connection 
you were really, you were not even 0% interested. It was more like negative percent. And then the next time that friend invited me to a dinner party, she followed with, it's not a setup, I swear. She's going to have to say that. Mm-hmm. And again, I know intentions are so positive, but like, just no, you can't spring that on somebody. Like, that's not fair. That's not fair for anybody. And I was clueless for hours. Well, it does go to. Everyone thinks you want to be with someone and plenty of people don't. They're very happy living their lives the way they are and they're not interested in dating. Everyone just like assumes that that can't possibly be what you really want. Yeah. Or you just feel that right now or you're just scared, yeah. you know, that it's a temporary feeling. Your feelings will change. Yeah. I do feel like with people my age, they get it more. It is really more the, you know older generation that has a harder time accepting it you also told us some stories too about um you're kind of being you get seen as the plus one sometimes instead of being invited in your own right like why do you think that happens you know um I think it sometimes happens because I'm still a little bit you know of an anomaly you know it's you've got a spot to fill who's one person we can invite and I don't mind being an occasional seat filler. You know, I don't mind being your B-list friend as long as I'm sometimes on the A-list. Um, you know, sometimes in- invite me on purpose. But if you're only inviting me because someone dropped out last second, you've got an extra spot, then, you know, that's that's not a friendship I'm going to spend as much time pursuing. Yeah, I wouldn't like that either. I remember you told us that story and I was like, oh, not nice. I don't like that. <laughs> yeah, not okay. People get your dinner parties figured out. Come on. Like, I mean, you can have uneven people at your dinner party. It's okay, too. If someone's husband has a last minute, you know, um, trip, it, you don't have to fill the spot. Or you can invite me to begin with. It's okay. Either way. Odd <laughs> numbers are okay. <laughs> um, I think there's also this idea that being confidently single can make other people uncomfortable. Like, why do we think that is? Like, why do these choices that impact nobody make people feel a certain way. I do think a lot of times when I meet people who are married, um, sometimes they try to wonder what it would be like to be in my shoes. And, you know, they try to think, figure out, would they be comfortable with it? And sometimes I think a lot of times that's really what I'm seeing reflected. Yeah. I think also we've, and Heather and I talked about this on a, a different episode on a podcast we were invited on and we were talking about this stair step idea with relationships and again how we kind of get trained to like progress right and this doesn't fit on those stairs right so many people don't know what to do with that like just staying and being happy is okay and you don't know what that next step looks like for you and that's okay it's okay to not know and I think that also makes people a little bit uncomfortable because you're not giving them any time frame or anything you're like well I'm taking this six month break and then I'm going to do whatever you're yeah. kind of like, well, this is my life and I'm okay with how it is. Yeah. I do think that makes people uncomfortable again, because it's not what's expected or what, you know, the linear path that steps we're supposed to take. Is there any uh, scenario that you could see where you might consider trying to date at any point? Like, do you feel like this feels right to you? Are you open to in the future, maybe feeling like you're in a different phase? What would the circumstances have to look like for you to consider a change on that front? Yeah, I'm always open to a change. I'm happy now. And, you know, maybe something will change because maybe there'll be a person or maybe I'll have more free time and I'll be looking for new ways to fulfill it. Um. I don't think there is a one thing I'm waiting to happen to make things change. 
I'm just, you know, taking it day by day and enjoying where I'm at now, but definitely I'm, I'm open to change in the future. Is there now we're kind of getting closer to the end of our time today, but I know our listeners would love to know this is something that we think about and everyone has a different answer to this, which I think is always interesting. If you could go back to that time when you were just getting out of your marriage and things were perhaps the darkest, maybe that's the correct way to say it. What do you wish you would have known back then? That I didn't have to spend any time thinking about him, that I could just work on me. You know, that's really when things got better, you know. I always like I, I've told some people that are going through similar situations, like a wound can't heal if you keep picking at it, if you keep, you know, thinking about all the things that went wrong, thinking about what they're doing, you know, you got to give it some time and you got to just let it heal on its own a little bit. And I think I would tell myself that because especially like the first couple months where like I was just trying to figure things out and I wish I had just focused on me at that time. Now, is there anything that's kind of on your heart that you feel like we haven't talked about today or anything that we haven't covered that you feel like is important for you to say? Um, You know, I something, and I don't think you guys fall into this trap. I think a lot of people, you know, they think about the re- a romantic relationship as the number one relationship. And that's what you should always be looking for. And that's what you should put your energy in. And, you know, I think it's so important to grow all relationships in your life. I have been so fulfilled from my friendships, especially my female friendships. I am lucky enough to have siblings that I'm super close to and other family members. I have a wide group of cousins. And, you know, that's something I've been actually trying to focus on this these past couple of years is like really invest in all these other relationships that I get so much out of. And I think other people can too. And it, I think society and we're just taught that like, this is what you go for. You, you can move, you know, change careers, all these other things that you would do for a romantic relationship but you probably wouldn't for others. And I think we should, you know, have it go both ways. That's great. Yeah. I, man, that's the big lesson of my life. The last couple of years, it's not all about your romantic partnership. That's not the thing. It's not the thing. It's Mm -hmm. one thing out of many. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. And I think it's definitely that feeling, you know, what you've described Sarah towards the end here is, not getting stuck and really letting yourself grow and move. And I think so many people, again, just get stuck and they can't see their way out of it. So they go back to what they know, which is whatever happened before. And like you said, they pick at it and they just stay in that place. And, you know, you clearly have spent so much time growing and figuring yourself out. And a lot of people, I think, just don't, can't get there. Yeah. I mean, it's hard and it's not easy, but it's, it's worthwhile. Well, that's our time for today. Sarah, thank you so much for this great conversation, for being willing to share your story. I think it was so helpful. You had so many great words of wisdom to share with our listeners today. And we love Sarah so much. I am so lucky to have you as a friend and have you in my life. And so glad you could be here today. I loved being here. Thank you so much for having me. You two are amazing. Thirsty the podcast is amazing. And I'm, I'm so glad to be a part of it. And I can't believe I'm saying this, but next week is our season four finale of Thirsty. And we are going to discuss coming out later in life with Holly Conroy and Kelsey Banyan, who are also our joint friends. So yay, we love everything about this. (laughs) And we're going out with a bang this season. All right. Well, thank you, everybody. Bye. Still thirsty? You can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Thirsty the Podcast. Share this show with your community. Rate, review, and follow us wherever you get your podcasts.